Welcome to One Decent Pastor, a weekly podcast of The Door located in Central Oregon, where three completely average guys join forces to make One Decent Pastor and to discuss, discover, and promote all things Bible. Well, morning. Good morning, everyone. The band is back together this week. Good to be back. Yeah. Good to be home. Yeah. How was your trip? Uh, very good. It was quick and uh, kind of fast and furious. We covered a lot of ground, four states, Oregon, Washington, Idaho, Montana, and back in a few days. So Sounds I mean, like a lot. One of them we just drove through. But yes. Yeah. Anyway, it was good. Yeah. Got to see family. Got to hang out. Got to see my mom and dad and hang out with my siblings and my nieces and nephews and a lot of fun. Ate a lot of good food. Mm. Yeah. Good food. Nice. I like good food. Speaking um, of good food. Yeah. Uh, I think the best burger easily in Central Oregon we found yesterday. Oh, did you know? At a truck called Americana. A food truck? Yeah. Americana. Yeah. What was special about this burger? What was? Careful, Brent. American burger. <laughs> it was a smash burger, but everything yeah. about it, like every aspect of it is legit. So I saw on a thread, someone had just moved to like central Oregon and asked what's the best burger. And so this, and consistently you had Willie burger <clears throat> yeah, Willie burger. and Americana over the top of it. And uh-huh. I was like, well, I got to go like Willie boogers. <laughs> Willie booger. <laughs> We're just Willie booger's good. <laughs> Willie booger. It's going to be an interesting episode. <laughs> And, uh, but Americana got like way more shout outs. Huh. So me at? and Carrie were like, we got to go. So they just moved to that, that truck right down by, uh, oh, that health store by the old mill. You know what I'm talking about? Market of choice. Market of choice. It's right behind market of choice in that. Oh, like in the Podski? Is that where it is? Yeah. Sure. That's what I would guess. Yeah. Don't know what that is. But it's yeah. a food truck lot. It's That's called, it's called in the pod, that. The Podski. Go, go give this. Oh, yeah. Okay, it was good. And, and their fries too. We're mm-hmm. just delicious, man. So this is the place. Best in Ben. Wow. In my opinion. Really? It's not far from where I work, so that's that's gonna be pretty doable for me. It's it's good. Yeah. Yeah. And it's open more than Willie Booger. So. <laughs> they also have in the Podski uh, a food cart called Thailandia. Hmm. That's pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that sounds good. Yeah. I didn't see that one. Thailandia. Maybe they're not I've been there in a while, so maybe they've moved, but yeah. Well anyway. Yeah. Go yeah. give it a shot. All right, Americana. That's good. And a cool name, Americana. It's legit. Right. Who doesn't like Americana? Yeah. But the trailer doesn't look proper. Like it's fluorescent <laughs> green oh, with like no way. markings on it. That's weird. <laughs> it's like, okay. Looks like they sell like guacamole. <laughs> <laughs> American food? Yep. Yeah. Well, it's legit. Sounds good. Yep. Yeah. What else has been going on? Anything else we need to update on? I don't think so. Weather's changing. It's fall, cold. Fall is in the air. It's cold, man. Yep. Somebody messed with the thermostats in the building. That's got me upset. <laughs> but you, be you were right. only gone for three days. Somebody, I don't even know what yeah. happened. Leave them on auto, people. If you're listening, don't mess with the thermostats. <laughs> Keep them on auto. All right. I'm done. There's a lot that's, going that's, on. That's the end of your rant. Yeah. In the buildings now. So. <laughs> well, don't be. I'm going to put locks on these things if I have to. Don't don't yes. make me lock them up. Yeah. I Some, will. Somebody changed them to cool. Like a couple of them were set to cool. Yeah. Like, it's like it's cold out. We, yeah. We just, what are we heating the outdoors? That's what I feel like. I feel like the old, the old grumpy man that I grew up with. Well, we haven't had warm weather for like a week and a half, so I don't, I don't know why we yeah. would have had to 
Right. Anyway. Yeah. But my thought I'll is be that right. to get Wi-Fi thermostats, that way we can control them from anywhere, anytime. Mm. You might be onto something. Yeah. Maybe it's the guy that hacked Pastor David. <laughs> yeah, if you got a weird email about maybe it's the imposter about Pastor David needing money because he's in a prayer session. The code lead was pastor fake. that was not real. David. Yeah, <laughs> they're getting creative though. That someone's yeah, someone's sending some stuff out. They're not succeeding, but not that we know of. Not that yeah, we know yeah, of. We know maybe. Of. maybe. <laughs> I haven't gotten any gift cards yet, but I'll keep. My, I mean, no, the person. Yeah, no, yeah. <laughs> yep. Anywho, anywho, yeah. Take on. um. Should we get into our topic? Sure. For today. Do you remember? Did you used to listen to this band? Um, well, that's not our topic today, but our title, uh, "Boys to Men." But you can it's see our topic we, too. You can see how we segue. <laughs> that is our yeah, topic. That, that was, yeah, and was it a is good, a good segue. It was a good segue. I did not no, listen to that. I, band. Yeah, I, I would not say I was into them, but there was a period of life where it was hard to avoid hearing "Boys to Men." Yeah, I agree. Was that in the nineties? Yeah, yeah, sounds yeah. right. Yeah, yeah. They, they were on, did some movie soundtracks. Boy band. Yeah. Yeah, I'm glad that neither of you listened to them. Yeah, you? No, <laughs> no I'm <laughs> glad that I, none of us. That's what I would have expected. No, we all say. we all did good. Yeah. yeah, but it was a good title. I, I thought you guys came <laughs> up with a, a creative title. So. Yeah. Good title. Yeah, so uh, so we watched a, a video this week from. Uh, I was going to call him a disgraced pastor. But he's probably oh, a, is it was a, is Ru- it the right word? Ruslan KD was well. Ruslan KD out the, that played a clip of, of a pastor of whom we don't often speak. <laughs> Yeah, his yes. name we don't say his name anymore. Yeah, so so do we want to say his name? I would right now. Just no, Chad. Okay, we're just Did wedding, you not hear what David wedding said? people's appetite. <laughs> MD. Uh, anyway, just had some good stuff. It was a good some, clip. Some good encouragement. Uh, this guy is always like to his credit has always been, uh, you know, he always focuses on the man and, and the man's responsibility and and I kind of yeah. I, that's one of the things I've always appreciated about him. And yeah. this was just a good clip that had to do with you know men being biblical men. Right. Yeah. And so there's kind of this six, could have been a, this, from the clip that I saw by the way <coughs> could have been a sermon given on a TED talk by a non-Christian. It, it really wasn't sure. necessarily uh, it had to do with, you know, Jordan Peterson could have could have said what he said and, and I would have agreed with it. Oh, um, for sure. But yeah. it wasn't like a, you know, I mean as far as like a gospel-centered, you know, that's not well, what it was. Um, the gospel wasn't preached. It wasn't gospel-centered. No. But but it is a a biblical worldview as far as men and why we see some of what we see going on. Yeah. I mean, the Bible's right when it comes to roles and authority that's right. established in the succession of authority. Well, and I guess what I'm getting at is that you no, can I, have somebody I, I, who's like, this is to me as a disqualified pastor shouldn't be doing this anymore. Oh yeah. And, yeah. and yet he can still say something that benefits, benefits us. So, oh, totally. yeah. so even though it wasn't like somebody we would recommend or, or um, no. necessarily even look to for um, sound teaching anymore, um, what he taught in this particular oh, thing. Yeah. And that's yeah. what even with that, the guy that oh, had yeah. the YouTube video goes like, you know, I'm probably going to get a lot of hate mail for yep. even mentioning exactly. this guy, but this was, this was pretty yeah. good. But and there I, was some I, truth. It was, was pretty spoken. good. Yep. 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 It and, is a crisis. Yeah. And we're at, we're at a time in society where just God's design for human flourishing is under attack in yeah. every way. Yeah. Um, you know, gender roles are under attack uh, in every way. Marriage is under attack. Family yeah. is under attack. Well, we've seen the the breakdown for a long time, right? Right. In our country, right. so it's been kind of a slow burn. Right. The, and the burn's this, not so slow anymore. <laughs> no, but like when you're when you're looking at this subject and the reasons why, it it makes a lot of sense. Right. Why it's been a slow burn and why we find ourselves where where we find ourselves sure. right now. Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah, and, and I think uh, this. I think I, I have an unpopular opinion, maybe like in the in the nonprofit world. So I serve on a nonprofit board, social services, and those kinds of things. And kind of my unpopular opinion is that you know most of our ills in society, I think, can be linked back to like the breakdown of the family. Yeah. Um, just about every ill in yeah. society can be somehow traced back, and in particular, fatherlessness. Yeah. Um, and so it starts with you know men walking in the role, the design that God has called them to walk in. Um, it's easy to you know to feed people or to house people or to clothe people yeah. and to count it and to say look at what we've done, but like how do you fix the breakdown of the family? Yeah, that's, that's a far more daunting yeah. task, right? Yeah. I think you made the comment during that at one point like fix the men. Yeah. You'll fix the problem. Right. And fix I mean, the men and the men will fix everything. That's else was that's a whole other conversation in and of itself. But like there right. is a certain amount of truth to that. Yeah. Like you fix what's going on here with, with this group of people. Right. And it's going to change so many other things. Yeah. He also, he also threw out a stat. I don't know if it's if true or real. I mean, I didn't fact check it. But he said basically um, if you want to be, be raised in a fa- like without a father, America is the best country yep. for yeah. you to do that in statistically. Like I think it was, you're 300%, 300% more likely, likely 300, yeah, to not 300 have a father in America than anywhere else in the world. Yes. And I, again, I'm, I'm a little skeptical of that. Yeah. Um, but, but it's like, yeah. even if it's remotely close. Even <laughs> if it's half of that, even if it's 150%. That was, that like, was alarming. Yeah. Yes. Um, super alarming. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and the Bible speaks to all of these things, and God has given that's, humanity a design. That's where a biblical worldview is right? present yeah. in what's yeah. being talked about. Yeah, the, I mean the gospel. Maybe yeah, not, and, and as a society, we spend so much effort and energy, you know, fighting God's good design and what God said is good, mm-hmm. and and we just we see negative results yeah. because of it. Right? Yeah, we sit around going, "You got this wrong," you know what I mean? Right. So we do it our way, and then we we figure out. Eventually, that we got it wrong. Yeah, exactly. hopefully <laughs> we, we got it right. Eventually. Yeah, <laughs> not everybody. Yeah. Um, so, anyway, so in this clip, there were kind of six points uh, to be made, and so we, we just want to talk through those six points. Um, and so, the first one is that uh, in our society today, men are encouraged to be boys or girls, but not men. What do you think about that statement? True. True. <laughs> <laughs> True or false? True. It seems like there's been a um, kind of a pendulum swing to to to, an, to a different extreme. So you've got, you know, kind of the John Wayne toxic masculinity thing that that was pretty prevalent in the 50s and 60s. And there's something, you know, there's something about the macho man that, yeah. you know, we we all remember that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Well, I think there was a this, you know, kind of a kicking against that to where now we swing to almost like an effeminate yeah. version of a man sure. that um, is supposed to be like the answer to that and, yeah. and it's just created a different problem yeah i, I don't think i don't think either extreme is is no. correct right um but you've got now like but you're right when we see dysfunction in one extreme yeah then i mean the answer is always to swing swing all the way to the other side yeah. and see what happens well and i think you've yeah. got young men now that are afraid to be um looked at that way like you know we i don't want to be looked at as toxic or right. or part of the you know the problem as far as what men are so i'm gonna you know kind of disguise myself as this whatever i don't know and <laughs> i'm sorry but some of the stuff i see right now and like you know the guys are doing again it's always been there but it's like what is going on you know yeah. why are you dressed like that right. what are you putting this on for what are you wearing it's just sure. odd that it's this may I mean, there's always been like people that have done that but this is yeah. like it's pretty mainstream now yeah. and it's it's kind of odd you know but yeah. i go into like macy's once in a while to buy a pair of pants and i just look around at like what's in the men's section and yeah. i just think no yeah. yeah. No. Like <laughs> that would be my first question yeah. is why are you going to Macy's? To, well, <laughs> to look for a pair of pants. Jim? No, I'm just kidding. 
well, and that right there is why you have a problem. Right, I, I kind of walked into that one. Yeah. <laughs> was the Bon Marche closed? I'm just kidding. Oh, that's a blast from the past. The bon they, became, they became Macy's. Just to add oh, did insult they, did to they? entry. I didn't know that. Macy's bottom. So. Oh, yeah, we, we had a Bon Marche. This might have been before your time, but when Ben had actual shopping malls, there was, yeah. a, there was a, the Bon Marche was in one of the malls, so. Um, there was, you guys know the Kevin Sorbo actor, the guy that <laughs> yeah, was Hercules. Yeah. So he's now does Christian movies and stuff. And I, he says Hollywood is like, you know, canceled him because of his religious views. But he just came out and made a statement basically coming against this, the feminization of yeah. men and, and actors that we, that we uphold as these, you know, kind of sex, sex symbols and stuff like that. And he's like, what are we, what are we doing? And he called out one guy in particular that's, I think it's Timothy Chalamet is the, you know, he's kind of a really thin, you know, I mean, it's just funny. Um, you know, when you when you kind of think of who used to be considered sex symbols, yeah, and mm-hmm. um, and, and who is now, and it, it's definitely there's a shift. Sure. Yeah, yeah. I think this this same pastor that made these six points we're talking through years ago wrote an article um, titled "Boys That Can Shave," mm-hmm. and and the whole premise of the article was that like we're stuck in adolescence. Yeah. Right. Like, yeah, I don't know where this idea of adolescence came up, but but like maybe back in like fifties and the sixties, like you, you you were a boy and then you were a man. Yeah. And there wasn't this period of adolescence. And so now we have this period of adolescence that's for an in, indeterminate amount of time. That, you know, it's gotten bigger. Right, yeah. yeah. I mean, you could be an adolescent. <laughs> it's still you know, growing. In your mid-20s and into your 30s. Well, there, I, th- I would say it used to be like when you graduated from high school and then you were not through with college yet. There was this period where you were figuring it out. Yeah. And you were working towards something. But, yeah. but it was a pretty short period of time. Yeah. And now that's just grown into... An indefinite amount of yeah. time. Yeah. yeah, it can be your through your thirties. It can be into your forties. You know, it's just kind of yeah different. Yeah, yep. yeah. Well, what 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 is what is biblical? Like, how do we define biblical manhood? And we probably don't have time to just fully unpack biblical manhood. But like, when you think of biblical manhood, what are some things that that come to mind immediately? Mm. <laughs> good, good, good start. I was, <laughs> I was thinking of a couple of characters, you know, of the Bible. That's kind of what so, came to mind. Such as? Not like a verse, yeah. but like... Who, who do you think of? You're thinking of David, dude. Yeah. Homie just goes out and handles business with a giant and just like a G. Yeah. You, know? <laughs> you, just, you just go out and do your deal, man. So. Yeah, I would say, first off, masculinity, which is something to be celebrated by, you know, that God has done. When he created man and, and yeah. women, he said it's very good. So masculinity and femininity are both amazing things, yeah. gifts from God. It different, but both. N- not to be apologized for, but to be celebrated. Yeah. Yeah, and yeah. So, so the idea that, you know, and again, the way you define masculinity becomes an issue because it doesn't mean that you like to go kill things with your bare hands. Even right. Though. The, I- yeah. it, it the just, idea is you're a protector. Yeah. Provi- like a, provider, like you're gonna, protector. You're going to go to bat for those that you love. Yep. Right. Yep. And so, Absolutely. yeah, it doesn't mean that your muscles are big or Correct. your beard is really large. Chad. Yeah. <laughs> it helps. At least I've got that going <laughs> for me. It doesn't hurt. It doesn't hurt. It doesn't hurt at all. But it's, but it's, it's an intimidation yeah. factor. All right. Good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, you, a protector. But I, I like responsibility is what it could come back sure. to, even with what David was doing. Like, you, you, you feel responsible. You um, assume that role of responsibility, whether it's a people group or whether it's a, a wife and kids, which means you're going to go out and you're going to do what needs to be done to take care of things. Right. Right. Even the idea that you're not dependent upon, you're not a burden to somebody else to, to like, you know, whether it's the sure. government or your parents or somebody else, you've now taken on this role of yeah. provider, leader, you're responsible, you know, that kind of thing. Sure. Um, but ultimately, Jesus is always our example for, for um, I mean, he was fully God and fully man, so right. we can't completely emulate him. But when I think of like what it means to be a man that pleases yeah. God, it, you know, you got to look to Jesus sure, yeah. who was 
meek, humble, loving, yeah. kind, compassionate, wept, responsible, you know, and yet even for things that weren't his responsibility. <laughs> right. But, but as far as all the masculine things that we just talked about, everything, you know, he had all of that. Yeah, it's, it's all of that. And, and yeah. sacrifice was, you know, sacrificial. Yep. Yeah. Took care of those he loved. Yeah. One of the him. one of the points that that the guy made in this clip was that you know one of the reasons that that men get up and go to work every day is because they have a group of people that have his last name attached to them that he's responsible for. Yeah, so, so he they, takes that seriously yeah. and gets up in the morning and, and does what needs to be done. Yeah, I mean, I thought that way. Yeah, I don't know if you guys thought that way yeah. when I first had my kids. I remember the first when Gage was born, our first child was born. <clears throat> I was nineteen. I was irresponsible. I was kind of like coming off drug use and <laughs> heavy adolescence. <laughs> You know, and the second I held that kid in my arms, like I, I, I had that feeling like this kid's got my last name yeah. and this is, this is my responsibility. Like he's got my full attention. I'm going to do whatever I need to do, no right. matter what, to take care of this kid. And so I had, there was this weight of responsibility that, um, and commitment, like full commitment. And it just seems, it just seems like, um, that's completely lost these days. Well, yeah, and, absolutely. and I think and we're going to get into this, but that's why we some people get avoid getting married and avoid having kids. They don't right. avoid hopping in bed no, with girls, no, no, but they do avoid getting married. Yeah. Yep. Yes. But they avoid yep. it because of that very thing. It's yes. like, I don't want to have to deal with yes. this yeah. responsibility. And, exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, so you, you touch up on this, Brent, but, but one of the questions I have is why does God's design for manhood matter? Right. So, so God has, has designed manhood to be what it is, designed womanhood to be what it is. They're both beautiful. Um, they complement each other. Uh, they both matter. But, but why, why does God's design, especially for manhood, matter? I mean, I think when you think about what, what society is and the way he's built it to work, um, men taking, taking up that mantle, and, and it's essential. It's critical, mission yeah. critical to, for things to work. Even what you guys just already landed on the conclusion, you know, yeah. in order to fix this, men need to start being men again. Mm-hmm. Um, that's kind of the answer. I mean, you take that out of the equation and things aren't going to work the way God intended them to work. Right. So, so it's just mission critical for, for society. Yeah. I, I listened to a clip, and this, this wasn't a Christian clip, just something in my feed one day where um, someone was railing against toxic masculinity, and then one of the responses was like, toxic masculinity is what built the world. Um, and, and obviously we're not advocating for toxic masculinity, no. but just this idea that, that men, you know, fulfilling their, their design and role given by God, um, you know, built the world. And that's not to take away, you know, from women or femininity in any way whatsoever. Right. Uh, it's just that God has designed men for a certain way, just like he's designed women in a certain way. Um, well, it's clear that women can do these things. I mean, yeah. it's not like that, you know, a woman could be a CEO of a company. She could raise a family on her own if she needed to. Um, but again, it's not the way God intended it to be. Is it doable? Yeah. Sure. Uh, is it better to do it the way God intended it? Yeah. Yeah. And, and I don't think, again, I don't, we don't need to apologize for that. This is something to be, you know, rejoiced in that. Right. Thank you, God, for making it the way you did. And, yeah. and it, you know. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, the second one is that men are not launching. Men are not launching. What, what, what do you think? What do they mean by that when Failure they say men are not launching? Launch. <laughs> yeah. What we've got here is, is it is <laughs> it what we do launch? Is it what we now call adulting? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Yeah, they sit around. Uh, I think he was saying uh, vaping and smoking video games, <laughs> <Yeah>. smoking video <laughs> <Yeah>. games, <laughs> and playing vape what, while eating their smash booger. We, yes. Yeah. I, I'm, yeah. It's just I'm just struggling today. <laughs> We're gonna need a train. I'm just having a hard time today. <laughs> Yeah, they 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 beat their kids for a long time, so you know they're not they're not putting childish things away when it's time to put childish things away. Yeah, so they're not launching into things that they should be obviously like stepping into. Yeah, like 
things that have to do with the responsibility. Talk, talk about childish things for a second. What, is it, what does it look like for a young man or a boy coming into manhood to put away childish things? I don't think it means you have to put away everything that you enjoy. It sure. just means that you're first and foremost doing things that are necessary. <laughs> like, yeah, it's your priority. You're, yeah. you're, you get your priorities straight, right? And so go ahead and, you know, I'm 50 years old. I'll hop on a video game still once in a while. You know what I mean? Uh, after I do my chores. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know? that's, that's what it looks like. But you got a lot of guys who are building a, a, a whole lifestyle around those pleasures right. and, the, and the childish, you know, endeavors. And so they're never moving into something that benefits society. Yeah. That, uh, the Ruslan guy had a, a clip from a guy, uh, I don't know who the guy was, but he's a successful entrepreneur that he admires. And he was basically talking about how the younger generation now believes that until you find your passion, yep. you, you, there's no point in doing anything. You, you know, you got to right. find that thing you're passionate about and, and then you'll really enjoy your work and stuff like that. So you it's almost like we do the same thing with, with a relationship, you know, you got to find your, your soulmate right. and then, you know, the, eventually you can go and get married. But until you find that person, that's going to complete you or that well, the job truth is, is we do that in the church you. too. We I mean, do. This is oh, something yeah, that absolutely. we use when it comes to ministry. Like people are trying to figure out what their gifts and their callings are. Right. So they sit on and their hands. why God has installed them. And, and we're always saying, well, usually what you're passionate about. And so I, I, I get the carryover, but that's being taken to a whole different level secularly. Right. Well, it's, it's basically code for like, be happy. Don't do anything you don't feel like doing. Right. <laughs> yeah. Right. Which isn't biblical. Well, I think his yeah. point was somewhat that people sit on their hands until they find that. Well, yeah, the truth sure. is you're not going to find that until you start to experience, you know, you got to go out and get two, two, three jobs, figure out what you're good at, what you like. Sure. You know, maybe you will find something you're passionate about, but um, even in church, you know, there's so many things you can do to serve before you find your calling or your gift. Yeah. Um, and it doesn't mean you don't do anything. Yeah. But it seems like there might be, that might be part of the issue that... Why yeah. people, why guys aren't launching? I was reading Genesis <clears throat> 3 this morning where God hands down the sentences for the fall, you know, to Satan and the woman and then the dude. And the, and the one to the dude is like, like your big, one of your biggest penalties is going to be that you're, you're going to labor in you know, pain. Work's going to stink. Yeah. Work's going to stink, but it's something you're, you're going to do. Like work wasn't a result of the fall. Like work was pre-fall. But yeah. now... You're, it's going to be laborious. Like it, it's <laughs> going to be painful. Like it's it, it's going to stink. Mm-hmm. Um, but the the bottom line is that we all have a responsibility to to go out and work as men. Um, and yeah, it's not. It doesn't. It, we don't just do it because it's enjoyable or it's a passion or it's something we feel like doing. We do it because it's part of life. What's weird yeah. to me is that we we've created a, a society where it's optional. <laughs> right. I mean, no. Again, I, I don't even have a category for not totally working. Um, I, I've never once thought that like that was an option. Uh, I remember just one, you know, two jobs, three jobs yep, to right. support my family, whatever yep. it took. There was no scenario where I sat on a couch and played video games and vaped yeah. uh, or whatever, you know, <laughs> smoked pot all day, I think is what he was getting at there. Well, that's what um, they're doing now. Now yeah. it's just, yeah, just yeah, smoke pot and, back and collected day. a check from the government or my parents, you know, paid for, sure. for my food and I just did nothing. I mean, it just doesn't even, I didn't even, that wasn't an option. Right. Uh, and biblically, you know, I mean, Paul says you don't work, you don't eat. And right. there are, of course, there are people that are incapable of working and, and, the fact that there are these programs of the church to come in and help these people is yeah. that that's not what we're talking about. Right. We're talking about able-bodied people that just don't feel like working. Yeah. The laziness, slothfulness. Yeah. I, rem- I, re- I remember back in my day, you know, six miles each way uphill in the snow. <laughs> sure. Yeah. Uh, when I was doing <laughs> you, chimneys. You did that too? Yeah. yeah. Right. When I was doing, this is one of those stories when I was doing <laughs> chimneys as a, as a young guy with a couple young kids at home. And uh, I, I was working three jobs and um, I remember falling off a roof one day and breaking my ankle. And, like, there was no option even at that point. Like, I, I didn't even think once, like, oh, I need to 
figure this out so I can stay home and heal. Like I, I just worked yeah. with that broken ankle, like tied it up <laughs> and I just worked, you know, because there was no other option. And, uh, I mean, that's not, you know, I'm not trying to like pat myself no. on the back, but that was the mentality yeah. is you do whatever you have to do, right. no matter what it feels like to take care of what's yours. Right. And, and that is, that is gone. Like, it's just, uh, it's, it's just weird. Gone. It's weird that it can be like, I, yeah. I don't know how that happened, but it's, it's doable now yeah. for people just to not work. <laughs> yeah. Strange. I mean, we're at a time in society where, you know, people are not engaged in the workforce. I forget the statistics, but you know, there's more people, able-bodied people that are not working that should be working than there ever has been. For yeah. Sure. And, and I don't like, I don't know how those people are surviving. Right. But. And um, it's hard to know who's at fault exactly. Right. Because you've got, obviously the, the government is facilitating this. Right. And yet, um, maybe the, the direction that the men have gone has dictated you know, I, who knows? Yeah. Well, there's who, there's who a, there's a bigger satanic kind of an overview of this thing of, again, I'm not going to go too crazy with this, but if you're going to break down the family and you're going to create this dependence, for sure. um, it, it's yeah. it's pretty effective. So if you if you've you, been listening to Alec Jones, it, it sounds a little that way, and I'm not. <laughs> no, I haven't. But I mean, if you if you take away masculinity and you yes. take away the desire to work and all these kinds of things, and and you make that doable, yeah. now you've created a society that's utterly dependent. You disarm. The on people. the powers that be, yeah. yes, and now they're in complete control For of sure. you. Now it seems like freedom, which is, it's not. I mean, you're like, I'm free. I can do yeah. whatever I want. I don't right. have to work. I can. This but it's great. not freedom. There, you're actually being enslaved to something mm-hmm. and to someone, and True. we don't recognize that yet. But it, it's right. like at some point, our eyes are going to be open, and it's like, oh no, yeah. you know, what have I given up here? Yeah. Um, so. Yeah. 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 Well, part of so part of not launching is, and the next one is that men aren't working. And we've been talking about that. I, I yeah. read a statistic. Uh, I think it was millennials um, will have 14, up to 14 different careers during their lifetime right now. So just, you know, changing, you know, not, not just changing jobs, but changing lines of work, um, you know, from time to time. And I think of like, like my parents' generation and, and older, like you, you would just, you would have a job and that's what yeah. you would do, yeah. you know, for your whole, you know, career. You know, like I think about my grandparents, you know, they had, you know, one job. They might have worked, you know, different companies, but kind of one line of work. My folks were in one line of work, you know, for their careers. And that's just kind of what you did. And, you know, back to what you said earlier, Brent, about, you know, people like trying to find their passion. Right. You know, that sounds good, but, you know, it's just another way to not be committed to something. Well, and just the mindset of like, I remember thinking I was lucky to find a job. I was lucky to find gainful employment. I was excited about it. So the idea that I would stay loyal to that company and keep, you know, again, there's, there's, there are reasons to change jobs and to try new things. And, and there's times where it totally makes sense to do that. But I I didn't feel like, you know, this was owed to me or whatever. It was like, I I got this job. This is a blessing. I got to work hard to keep it, uh, to advance myself in this company. And the longer I stayed and the harder I worked, you know, I was getting somewhere in it. Um, I don't, I don't know that that's still, you know, I, I remember trying to find employees, you know, younger, and this isn't true of all younger people. Some younger people blow my, blow me away with the, their their work sure. ethic and how hard they work, and and I'm amazed, you know. So, but I remember some of these people like they wouldn't show up to work on time. They wouldn't. I mean, they were sick all the time. They when they got there, they didn't like they, they didn't do much. Right. And they just they were good with that. Very different, you know. Yeah, yeah. I know of a um, a large landscaping company in Bend uh, that I work with on various projects, and this was a couple of years ago, mid kind of mid pandemic, but uh, they had two entire crews. I don't know how big their crews are, five or six people, but two entire crews that didn't show up one day, like the same day. Ten people didn't show up for work um, because of what, what you're saying. And, and, you know, the owner of this, you know, one of the larger companies in Bend is out pushing a lawnmower because, you know, some young guys decided, you know what, I'm not going to go to work today. Yeah. 
kind of kind of crazy. Well, and that used to be that you'd just get fired for that. Yeah. And then they'd hire somebody else that was raring to go. Right. And, and now kind of the old like, adage, you can the, do anything you want on your last day of work. Yeah, right. <laughs> you know? But now if there's nobody's raring to go, then you, you got to work. You know, it's it's kind of the right. what you know, we've created. Work with what you got. Uh, why, why does vocation matter for a man? Why does vocation matter to God? I've been talking too much. <laughs> like I, I just, I just think it's, it's part of what it would like David already mentioned. This was pre-creation or pre-fall. Yeah. So when, when, when he cultivated or created the garden, you know, he, men and women were there to cultivate it. Work sure. is good. There's it's, a it's, nobility to work. It's yeah. It's good for us. Yeah. He put um, us here pre-fall to, to tend yeah. and to create like you're, like you're saying. And yeah. so like, it is good. We also know post-fall that idleness is like our enemy. Right? Read. <laughs> yeah. Read through the Proverbs and, like um, that's just when bad stuff happens. If we're not being, pr- we're meant to be productive. Um, it's actually encouraging and it, to us, and it's beneficial to the world around us. Sure. So yeah, we're meant to be you know proactive and and creating things. So yeah, there's still something doing. about a, a hard day's work, you know, a job done well, whatever. Yeah. It's just very satisfying and 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 you it, it makes you feel. Like a man. Yeah. You know, it's a I good used, thing. I used to have, uh, you know, the, the chimney business was extremely seasonal. And so it was it was feast and famine as far as busyness goes. And and so for about five months, I w- it would just be ridiculous. Like I'd be going gangbusters and wouldn't know what ended up and couldn't catch my breath. and Work, 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 you know. And then the slow season would come and I'd be so excited. And about two weeks in, <laughs> I would be miserable. And not, not just miserable, but like even depressed, like my whole view of life and the way I would start thinking and everything would change that quick as a result of not doing something with my hands. And so it's simply, it's simply not good for us to, to not be doing, you know, it sounds great, you know, for a day or two and and it starts to take its toll on us. So yeah, we're, we're meant to, to be productive. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, what does it look like? So the Bible talks about when we work, that we would work as if we're working for God and not not for men, right? And so, you know, we get paychecks, and there, you know, there's you know a company name on your paycheck, but for the Christian, I think the Bible would advocate that ultimately, you know, your, your provision comes from God, right, giving you the ability to work and provide for your family. And so at the end of the day, for the Christian, you, you, you work as if you're working for God and not, not for a man. Well, what does that look like? What does it look like? Like, say you got a bad boss or a job that you don't like or whatever. You know, how, how can the Christian work as if they're working for God and not for man? Yeah, I think there's the idea that there's sacred and secular. I think we, we do this idea, you know, the church is sacred, ministry is sacred, but but work is secular. And um, if you can erase that idea and, and make it all sacred, it's all unto God. You know, everything we do, we do to the glory of God. Yeah. Um, that that just changes your whole mindset. So sure. when you go to work, you're 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 there to serve your Lord and to glorify Him and honor Him and and please Him. And regardless of who's around you, you know, yeah. um, it's like you know, it's like Jesus is coming. You know, look busy kind of thing doesn't really work for the <laughs> yeah. Christian. So so have you ever had to like live that in a job that you didn't like? Yeah, or a boss know. that you didn't get along with, or almost all the jobs I've had. <laughs> Even now, Chad. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Especially now. No, I, I don't think any of us. I mean, work the, the 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 fall and the curse of the fall was real. Um, work stinks, you yeah. know. And there's times when you're sick and you're tired. You don't want to work. You got right. to deal with crummy customers, all those kinds of things. And yet, you just have to again do it to the glory of God and look to Him as your as the one that's going to get you through yeah. it, and He does. Yeah. yeah. Another part of the fall is that our attitudes can stink, mm-hmm. right? And this is where worship, like knowing the difference b- 
between what we're doing and who we're doing it for matters. Right. Because it's not just that we show up to work every day that matters, but how we do what right. we do when we show up every day. Agreed. Like, matters. And so that then it becomes worship. And, and so who we're doing it for, you know, who, who's on our mind, uh, like changes how we do that. Yeah. And then, then there's, there's your testimony as far as no, people huge, know you're a believer. Yeah. Um, if you're always late for work or if you kind of half, halfway it, I'm going to say it that yeah. way. <laughs> <laughs> Had another thing in my mind, fellas. Half, half vape it. Yeah. Half uh, do your job halfway or, you know, just th- that all, you know, speaks to who you are as a Christian. Sure. And so Christians should be the hardest workers, the, the you know, yeah, the faithful the employees, employees, the loyal ones, the, you know, the ones that aren't backbiting and gossiping and complaining and all those things. Yeah. That's part of our testimony. So, yeah. Yeah. yeah I, I remember, I just, you know, I've had lots of jobs over the years and, you know, not all of them have been enjoyable. Not all of them have been with enjoyable people. And, you know, I've, I've had, you know, plenty of time in my life where my approach to that probably wasn't great. Um, but you know, God has taught me over the years, you know, what it looks like for a Christian to, to maintain a job and have a boss and have, you know, under somebody's authority and, you know, those kinds of things. And, um, you know, these things matter to God. These things matter as our witnesses, you guys talked about, um, work is, is noble, even, even like the most, what you would consider the most menial job, Mm -hmm. like it, it matters to the Christian, right. right? It matters to God how, how we approach the, the most menial uh, of jobs, and that's, you know, kind of a, an epidemic in society where, you know, more and more people are withdrawing from the workforce. Yeah. Even the mission aspect of it, I mean, if, if we're part of the Great Commission, whether you're going to church or to work or, you know, to, to a soccer game or whatever you're doing, yeah. um, you're on mission. And so if you go to work thinking about, you know, poor me, this, you know, all this work. If you go there thinking about other people, the customers you're going to interact with. I mean, that's one of the things you miss the most about the chimney mm-hmm. business yeah. is all of those connections you got to make mm-hmm. while you were working your tail off. But, but it was like, you know, it was sure. mission yeah. first and foremost. <clears throat> that changes everything as well. It so, does. Yeah. And there's something about, you know, when you have a Christian worldview about your job, there's something that makes it easier to get up in the morning and then go to work when you realize like this is an act of worship to God that I go mm-hmm. to work and put in you know a good day's work and do a good job even if it's not something I'm particularly fond of or people that I don't particularly like or whatever uh, there's just something satisfying about this you know having a mindset that this is an act of worship to God mm-hmm. you know, more yeah. than it is anything else mm-hmm. um, ne- next one so uh, men are not marrying we, we've kind of touched upon this uh, a bit already um, that men are not marrying. And I, and I just immediately, you know, upon hearing that, think about the, the creation mandate in Genesis that he gives um, to, to be fruitful and multiply, to fill the earth, to subdue it and have dominion over it. And that has more to do than with just marriage. But, you know, the first thing, be fruitful and multiply, mm-hmm. right? God created um, Adam and he created Eve, and he says it's not good for man to be alone, so he created Eve, and the two shall become one flesh uh, and join together and then... Be fruitful, multiply, fill the earth, subdue it, and have dominion over it. Why? Why do you suppose in society today that that, that men are not marrying? Like what? It's hard. To what st- drives that? It's hard to stay on World of Warcraft all day if you're married. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like she's go. gonna have a problem with that at some point. <laughs> so. I don't need two moms in my life. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just picturing the guy sitting in the basement doing nothing, you know, yeah. and it's like, just, you know, mom, I'm busy, you know, and now it's like, why would I get married? You know, I'll have two people doing that. Right. <laughs> I get to live here for free and do what I want. It yeah. ca- there's two words like that come to my mind. Like first we've been talking about a lot is responsibility. Sure. Like that, me- that equals responsibility at certain levels to a certain extent. Second is commitment. Like we, 
we don't want commitment anymore. Right. right? And I know that responsibility and commitment kind of go hand in right, hand, but hand, the, hand. But those are like two, you know, those are of the devil to, to men in There's our, third in our world these days. Third one that came to mind. Yeah. Lasciviousness. <laughs> Can you spell that word? <laughs> no, it's because guys don't, they, they want to basically be with as many women as they can and do that's what they want. That's I was just going. Yeah. yeah, I mean, that's the other reason. Which, I mean, which it's, actually, it's, marriage doesn't stop that anymore. I, no. You know, right. No, anyway, but the idea that you'd be tied, tied down, you yeah. know, committed to one woman, you know, yeah. that's what you were talking about. But, I mean, the yeah. idea of, you know, committed to one person um, that you have to be care for and be responsible for and, you know, provide for, protect, all those things. Or you can be with multiple women and, you know, right. not, not have to worry about any of that stuff. Sure. Um, yeah. I think of another <clears throat> another one, uh, ambition. Um, yeah. You know, it's just not an ambition these days to, to you know, marry, to commit, have responsibility, raise a family. Like, it's just it's, it's not it's – a, it's a dying ambition, mm-hmm. I think. Uh, or a lack of ambition, um, you know, to build a family. Yeah. Yeah. Again, that, I didn't, again, didn't have a category for that when I was no. young. That was, this is what you do. You, what you do. You, you get married, yeah. you have kids, you, right. you know, this was just. In, unless you have the gift of singleness. Well, but true. these people today that are not getting married, it's not because they have the gift of singleness. No, no because I mean, that, Paul's, yeah. Paul's admonition that yeah. in, in first Corinthians seven, that like, if you can remain single, that's actually going to be, yeah. and you're on mission for, you know, Christ, that's going to be better. Um, you you don't have to be, du- you know, dual minded as far as, you know, I've got this part of my life, this part of my life, right. you can just be sold out for Christ and, and, and do that work. That's actually yep. an admirable thing. But that's, like you said, that's not why people are doing it right. necessarily. Um, he actually gives in First Corinthians 7 as a real reason to get, like one of the primary reasons to get married, which uh, Christians probably have a problem with this, is literally because you're you're burning with right. passion, burning with yeah. lust. <laughs> like, like he actually says, like you need you need to go get married. Right, if this is going on yeah. with you. So the gift yeah. is that and that's that something that you're able to tame, rather than something that tames you. Right, right. Yeah, the gift of singleness. I mean, so yeah, I mean, it's a but. So people aren't, but people, no one pays attention to that. Obviously, I mean, we're we're going out and doing what we want with who we want because there's no consequence. There's no reason not right. to. Like, why in the world would I get married when I just get all the benefits right now? You yeah. know what I mean? So, obviously, it's a question of morality. There's a there's a morality problem going on. Yeah. <clears throat> and, and here, you know, we see, you know, from the very beginning that, that God's design is for marriage and family. Mm-hmm. Like, that's it's just not debatable. Well, and especially now, you know, we look at the world getting worse, and there's a lot of Christians that say, I don't want to bring kids into this world. And it's like, well... Maybe that's the the wrong yep. thinking. Maybe yeah. maybe we need to. I mean, that's why we to, should to bring more Christians into this world, yep. and, right? And um, you know, continue to pass that baton to the next generation. Yep. Um, you know, until the Lord returns. I mean, again, we want to see the kingdom expand, yep. not shrink. So, yep. yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, <clears throat> next one of this, we, we've already, I mean, we touched on this too, but you know, men are not fathering. Um, and this is, this oh is yes, had, they are. Uh, just kind of, well, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> men are not. Being in the role of father, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> they're fathering. They're, they're not walking in the Correct. role of father, uh, and this just has you know, like the dominoes have fallen in in a bad way because men are not fathering. I was gonna say as we move through all these, the dominoes are clear. Yeah, like it's just like this connects to this connects to right. this connects. Yeah, to yeah, this. it's all it's all connected. Well, and even the, you know, the. Um, <clears throat> what that does to a kid. Mm-hmm. Uh, you already talked about this, and I think it's just so important. But, I mean, one of the things he talked about, it just hit me kind of hard. You know, you've got no father in the in the home, so you've got disciplinary problems going on on the kid. And I've seen this firsthand, you know, and I've got a specific scenario in mind. Um, and then, you know, your immediate thought is, okay, I need to get this kid under control. There's no dad here, so what do I do? Well, you start turning to these, 
you know, pharmaceutical yep. solutions yeah, them. Give them that, a pill. that will kind of, you know, dull the kid down. So that yep. when, when, and it, again, there are, there are scenarios out there where kids probably need to be, right. um, you know, on some, but a lot of times it's just literally they've, they've got, they're just misbehaving. They're missing one of the most important factors of their yep. entire, yep. entire child. And I can take back to being which a kid. Psychologically <laughs> is just going to, it's going to change some stuff. And it's not Absolutely. always the case, like you said, but like it, Correct. that's a real gap. But I, I just personally, I know when, when, when it was his mom around <laughs> and I was, I, I did a lot of stuff I shouldn't have done. The minute dad got home and he had that snap of his finger thing right. going on, I knew Playtime was over. You know, it's like okay, Wait I got to. Your gotta, father gets home exactly. Right. That's a real thing. Yeah, you know, dad wasn't going to put up with that. You know, mom, I could get away with some things, and you know, yeah. but no. And so that that father figure in, in your in a child's life is huge. Yeah, and the again, the, the statistics play out. Um, you know, I mean, it's crazy to see the percentages yeah. of, of what what goes on in, in a young you know child's life. And those statistics, like they're not even debatable. No, no. I mean it, it's clear that there's a problem. Yeah, yeah. fatherlessness. Yeah. Um, I, I can't remember the statistic, but I read quite, quite a while back that, you know, inmates, like the, just the, the number of inmates that, you know, didn't have a father in the home is huge. I mean, no, it's not coincidental. You know, 90%, I mean, it, it's, I mean, a big number, I forget what yeah, it was, yeah. but big number. Yep. And, and it's interesting because, you know, God identifies as father, right? Um, through, mm-hmm. throughout scripture, he's, he's father. We'll right? even think about how much it's changed our lives once we, once we got that father in our life. Like, like yeah. even, I mean, not to get weird spiritually, but like kind of the direction you're going. Like when I look at myself, um, pre-Christianity and post, like pre-adoption, post-adoption, yeah. like it's, it's amazing how much having that relationship with God, the father in my life has, yeah. has changed my life, has yeah. changed my thoughts, has changed my desires. Right. And, and I know that's a spiritual equivalent, your security, but it's yeah. real. It's your, your, like real. Your security, all the things, you know, like I, I'm... I have a father who loves me. Yeah. And it's like, it just changed who I was as a man. And, and yeah. he's teaching us things that we yeah. didn't know before mm-hmm. as a good, loving father. And like all of it's happening. Yeah. The, the nourishing, the protection, the security that we have. Um, yeah. The love, uh, like all, all of it's in place and it. And the proof is in the pudding, like a, like sanctification is the reality of the relationship of having, just having that father in our right. lives. Well, then yeah. the, the other side of that coin is when we became fathers, what it did to us totally. to have little kids yeah. that, that relied on us, looked up to us. You kind of grow up pretty quickly. My, my goodness. <laughs> well, it changes your priorities. Totally. I can't be yeah. about myself anymore. I mean, you can, but you're going to be a really I grew up parent. overnight. Oh, yeah, you have yeah. to. When that first kid came I, and I held him, it just changed so right. many things I mean, I guess that's the point I want to get is, that, like, we're not just trying to beat people up or, or, you know, make them feel bad. Maybe a little God's, bit. God's, a little bit, sure. <laughs> well, to some degree. That's not the only reason. <laughs> no, God's design and plan works. It's it's it's, it's real. It's yeah. real. It, it matters. What he's put in place for us is good. It is the best for us. Yeah, yeah. it's like a blueprint for life for us to, to build a The world's a telling us life. it's not, but it's it's the best. No. Yeah, it caught, you're not aimless anymore. You've got a direction. You've got a purpose. You've got, you know, all these things. It, it just benefit, 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 benefit. Yeah, and the responsibility um, of it all can, can seem kind of daunting. Right? Yeah, overwhelming. Um, no. But to your point, like this is God's design for human flourishing. Yeah. Right. And, it, and, and it it's the best works. way yeah. to do it God's way. Yep. Right. Um, yeah. So fatherlessness is, is, is an epidemic, um, you know, big time, um, you know, in, in our society throughout the world, but I think particularly uh, in America. Um, how would you, I'm going to jump ahead to a question that I have more towards the end, but it kind of fits here. Like, how would you encourage uh, older men in the church? Like, we've kind of been speaking towards younger men and, and, you know, some of these things. How would you encourage older men in the church to help the younger men with these kinds of things? 
I would tell them to help the younger men. <laughs> I mean, it's, the Bible tells us that, right? That, that, that it's the job of the of older course, men and the older women we're to seeing invest that right in now. the younger men and younger women. We're seeing that right now, like even in our congregation where a lot of older retired couples that have done mm-hmm. their time are stepping up to the needs of yeah. the younger couples that are coming in with younger kids. And, and it's such a cool thing to see. You know, I mean, this it's just biblical, you know. Timothy says this about the older women to the younger women. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because they have so much to offer. They've they're farther up the hill, you know. There, right. There's there's wisdom that's that's been, you know, um, you know, accumulated. So yeah, I mean it's it I mean they need to know that just because they're retired and just because their kids are no longer in the home and you know, they have ten grandchildren that they get to see at Christmas time, that they still have a vital role. Yep in the church they have a vital ministry in the church and that ministry is to to come alongside the younger family. Yeah, I looked yep. at some of the comments in the in the one in the video of the YouTube video of the guy preaching these things and there were so many guys that said I wish somebody would have told me this 20 years ago. Like they were hearing things they'd never heard before and yeah. I thought how could you not know this stuff? We're, we're, there's a whole generation and a generation coming up behind that one that, that don't know this stuff. Totally. They believed what the world has had to, to tell them. Yeah. Um, sit down, be quiet. <laughs> Don't be masculine. So the worst thing you can be is a, you know, and it's like, no, to hear something different than that is important. And, and the older generation of the church can come alongside these people and disciple them yeah. into these things and let them know why it's important. And so there's, yeah. you know, this is a big deal. But I think for our generation, well, our, like me and David, you're an older generation than us, Brent. <laughs> but, uh, I think we're <laughs> in the same generation. Yeah, okay. Uh, Are you like, a millennial? Uh, no, I'm not a millennial. Okay, Are you Gen X? Uh, Gen I'm Gen X. X. Yeah. Okay, yeah. we're all the same then. Sorry, Brent. Yeah. Anyway, like we've had these things, you know, modeled to us to a certain extent, just because yeah. society, like, like, you know, kind of bought into these ideas. Um, but kind of younger generations, like society, doesn't buy into these ideas anymore. So, you know, part of the reason that maybe you know, kind of younger generations aren't aware of some of these things is because it's not being modeled for them. Right. And so that's where you know older men in the church, which I, I guess we're older men in the same church, with same with women yeah. and with younger women. It's, yeah. it's the same stuff. This has to be modeled and taught and, yeah. and, and for them to, you know, see it working. And, yeah. you know, you look at the people you admire, the marriages you admire. Well, how did they get there? Look at the people who ra- have raised their kids successfully. How did they get there? Yeah. You know, and if we have a chance to jump yeah. in their back pocket and learn from them, yeah. we need to. Yeah. And this goes back to what you were saying earlier, like the success of the unicorn. Like it may be a unicorn to see a lifelong marriage. It may be a unicorn to see um, a really good dad doing what he should be doing in the, in the day and age in which we live. But like it, it makes a statement as many as are there, like mm-hmm. makes a statement, like they need to, to be seen. They need to exist, even if it's few so that people can right. see something that's completely odd. Cause the, the more we go down the slippery slope, the more odd it's going to be. Right. We're swimming up possibly, straight. possibly have effect again. You know what I mean? Yeah. Just because of but how, when, when the world sees, you know, when the, when the failing world, the broken world sees marriages that are that are working yeah um the roles that god has given being yeah. accepted and championed children being raised in the fear and admonition of the lord yeah you know older i mean when you when they begin to see these things the testimony the bright light that it, exactly. that, it that is going to shine out of it for the gospel again for the re, you know again this is great commission stuff is, is a big deal well the, yeah this i'm glad you said that because like we're talking about a lot of like you said there was no not a this Correct. wasn't real gospel-centered, yeah. this clip that this guy did. And, of course, we're talking about a lot of things that are that are problems and realities that are not real God. Like, people need a changed heart. Yes. Like, we can't just right. go to to young men with 
each of the points that we've talked about and go, you need right. to do try, this. Try harder you need to, to do be this. better. Right. Like, that's not the message. Like it, it would be valid, like a valid truth, like, yeah, stop doing this. But, do, yeah. but that's just moralism. Right. Like there, there has to be a, a shifting of worldview. There has to be a shifting of yep. the lens in which you view everything around you, including it starring with yourself. Right. And, Absolutely. And, yeah. And all the lies that we have consumed that build our worldview. Right. So the, the gospel is how we combat these things. And it's got to. Well, and all, all of that will build a good society. I mean, I, I don't deny that. It just, it just you built, put all yeah. that into place and it'll build a good society. Yeah. It, it won't change a person's eternity. Right. It's not going to change. And, it, yeah. and, and even the desire to, to be that person probably isn't. I, I don't know. I don't think I would have had that desire apart from Christ in me. For sure. So the fact that I wanted to be a good husband and be a good dad and follow this mandate and do these things, yeah. you know, and to, and to, you know, to the, his glory. That's because Christ is in me. Yep. Yeah. Uh, yep. And so, you know, if there's a young man out there listening and thinking, you know, I want to, I want to have that. This is first and foremost, you know, bow before your Lord and yeah. ask Him for help because this yeah. stuff's hard. Yeah. And I understand right why people want to avoid it, but when when He's there, you know, with you going through these things, it, it's the most rewarding. I can't think of things that are. I, I'm. I love being a husband. I love being a dad. I love being a grandpa. Uh, it's better than anything else I've done as far as, you know, sharing the Lord with people might be up there as well. You know, obviously you don't see somebody come to Christ, but these are like more than career or anything else. These are the highlights of, right. of, of life and they're eternal things. You know, yeah. these things matter eternally. Yeah. So. Well, the last one, um, Wait, there's, there's, more. Yeah, there's one more, <laughs> um, is that men are not leading. Um, and again, all these things are, are interconnected, but, um, you know, I think we would all advocate for, you know, male leadership in the home and in the church, um, maybe even largely in society, but, but what, what does it look like for men to lead? And, and you kind of touched upon, you know, gospel worldview, gospel centered worldview. Um, you know, how, how can, how can men first and foremost lead their families in this how, or how should, how should men lead their families? I mean, I would say right now we've got a pretty clear picture of what it looks like for men not to lead. Yep. And and it's 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 kind of I don't know, heartbreaking yeah. to see kind of what where, where men are afraid to lead now, yeah. afraid to stand up and be men and afraid to uh, to do it in a godly way. Again, not we're not talking toxic right. garbage, we're not talking about chauvinism. We're talking about Christ-like, you know, masculinity and and leading in your home. Mm-hmm. Um and first and foremost, I mean, you know, being your the, the provider, I think we get those kinds of things, the the protector that but the spiritual leader aspect is the, i think where most of us fall sure. down yeah you know it's been the hardest for me yeah so first and foremost lead lead your family to christ yeah right yeah yeah and then it and then it's it comes back to the two words i thought about earlier assume the responsibility and commit like if you do those two things then you're going to lead yeah and uh it's, it's not always going to be well but you can learn to lead well if you're committed and you're assuming responsibility right then at least you got that down. One that's the, the part. That's what we're not doing. But one of the easiest ways to do it is as a guy is get your family to church. You know. Yeah. Oh, for sure. You know, it's just like I don't. It just baffles me how many, yeah. how, how sporadic people are as far as this goes. But that was one of the easiest ways for me to lead my family. It was hard to do daily devotions. It was hard to do, you know, be consistent with praying at night and things like that. But the one thing I, I could do, week in and week out, right. was get, get my family to church and make that a priority. Yeah. And that, like, if you're going to pick one thing, that's a pretty good one to pick. Yeah. So, yeah, and and speaking of how how can how can men lead in the church? Like, what does that look like for men to lead within the church? Looks like a lot of things, Chad. I know, and we we've got a few. I'm like, kind of brief because we. What's the answer? <laughs> and I, I'm not talking about like like we could kind of. This would be another podcast for another time to talk about, um, you know male elders and those kind of like, I'm not necessarily thinking that right now. I'm just thinking in, in general and kind of in a broad sense, yeah. um, you know, what, what does male leadership in the church look like? Hmm. I don't, I don't, 
I know what it should look like, and yeah. it, sh- it should look like men who are consumed with um, being subject to Christ and under the the headship of Christ. I was just yeah. reading like the succession that we're given, you know, by Paul in like First Corinthians eleven about it's the famous section on head coverings, and everyone always yeah, yeah. goes, "What you know? What's the head coverings here? What is that thing?" But what the most important part is the actual succession of of headship that Paul actually goes through there where he says, I want you to understand that the head of every man is Christ, right? And the head of a wife is her husband. I know we don't like this. It has nothing to do with toxic masculinity. It's just God's perfect plan, right? And the head of Christ is God, the Father, obviously. And so there's there's the sequence yeah. that God has ordained. And so in the church, it, it is that men are consumed with, regardless of what everyone else is doing, Christ, being under Christ, being under his authority, being under his headship, learning from him, right, um, being conformed into his image, that's what matters most. And, of course, the whole reason we see everything that we talked about today is because the succession's been right. broken down, <laughs> like, even with women to men and all yeah. that stuff, but that's a whole other thing. But, yeah, I yeah, mean, no, men, that's good. if men are consumed with themselves underneath the headship of Christ, that just changes a lot of things. Little things fall into place. <clears throat> Makes you even worthy of following, maybe. I mean, yeah. for women. Sure. I think one of the things we try to do strategically at the door is is put men in positions to lead. And so we do that, you know, whether it's community groups, home groups, you know, Bible studies, sharing time that we do the praise and prayer time. We ask men to do that. We hand them the baton of leadership and say, you yeah. go up and lead. Um, because I think it's foreign to men these days, or you, you almost feel like you can't, yeah. you know, I'm not, I'm not qualified or equipped or I can't do this. But that's uh, to, to be able to, you know, I've watched that over and over again. We ask some guy to lead sharing time and they have this almost... Me? Yeah. Like I can I can do this? It's like, yeah, you yeah. can. And it's it's amazing to see this kind of pep in their step when they you know, all of a sudden it's like, Hey, I can I can stand up before the church and, and right. do something. It's like, Yeah, you can. Yeah. You know, for so long it's just been kind of the women that have been Well, you and I went to a church, in church that did this really well. And I hated every bit of it. But they actually required men yeah. to step up and, and teach and we all had assigned like points on the calendar where it was our turn. Um and it wasn't pretty a lot of times you know <laughs> what i mean like it was a wreck with yeah. some, some of these guys weren't meant to teach but the whole point was like you guys can and should be the ones like leading the charge spiritually in the church with everybody your wife your kids you know and that church really did that well yeah, yeah. They, they kind of made us feel the weight of responsibility and it was right you know not everyone teaching was right but sure sure but the weight of responsibility was right yeah yeah. So. Uh, since we just got a couple of minutes, briefly, how, how can Christian men lead in society? So if you think about, you know, particularly, you know, like we've been kind of speaking mostly towards young men today. So like for the young men that, that are at work right now, that they get up every day and, and go to their job, um, how can those young men um, in the context of their Christian worldview lead in society? I guess I'd go back to what I said already. The idea just that you you know you work hard, you show up to, on time. You're yeah. you're you know you're a good citizen. You're a good employee, mm-hmm. um, stellar in those regards. Like people, hey, you're you're different than the other people. Yeah. So in all your interactions publicly, whether it's the grocery store, the gas station, work, whatever it is, that you're you're you know you're an ambassador um, yeah. of the Most High King, and yeah. you, you act that way. So yeah, yeah, I would say the same thing that we already said. Like that we that it's how you how you do what you do. Like yeah. That's that's how you lead in society. Is yeah, that absolutely matters. Yeah, you do what you do right. 
Yeah. And I think being being willing to engage in society is, is you know, yeah, we don't, oftentimes we, you know, we try to be like a, a monastery on a hill and just, you know, um, separate, yeah. yeah, separate ourselves from the world. And it's like, no, we have an opportunity to go in and be, um, I love it when I see Christians getting involved in, you know, cri- you know, non-Christian yep. groups and men, you know, things that are not ministries, but things that are going on yeah. and they're actually, um, have it missionally taken an opportunity to go in and kind of. I don't know. Infiltrate that group yep. for Christ <laughs> sounds kind of yeah. No, that, that's good. Just sounds covert, just yeah. to, to be in society, yeah. like, to, to be present and yeah. to be engaged, yeah. right? That's, as an ambassador, you know, as but an yeah. ambassador of Christ, yeah, yeah, it absolutely matters. Um, okay, well, we've beat up some young men. We've maybe beat up some of the older men a little bit. <laughs> I thought that was super <laughs> tame. Yeah, it was. Yeah, it, it was far more tame than the <laughs> clip that we watched. <laughs> could have, could have gotten could've, worse. Could've um, worse. <laughs> any, any last encouragement uh, to just men in general, old or young, anywhere in between? I just think of the gift of you know um, what, what God has given us, and. and distinct men and distinct women as far as gender and, yeah. and roles and stuff like this. When you, when you do embrace it and, and stop kicking against it and see it as a gift from God, that it's, it's actually very good. Um, it, it just changes everything, you know, and I'm grateful that I, you know, men have to stand before God one day and give a greater answer for how they've led their families, how they've loved their wives, all those yeah. things. Um, it's a, it's an awesome privilege and an awesome responsibility. So, yeah. you know, take it seriously. Yeah. I was thinking the same word em- embrace, yeah. like, like the world's telling you that, Maybe you should be ashamed of who you are, or maybe you should question it and think about it. Yeah, <laughs> and yeah. I and I would say like em, embrace it and um, you know don't be don't be ashamed about who God's made you. Sure, you know play like play the part and play it well. Yeah, so, yeah. I think w- one of the most noble, uh, courageous things is to walk in you know God's design both for for maleness and femaleness, mm-hmm. um, and to do it you know with with boldness and courage. Yeah, for sure. Trusting that that God got it right. For sure. Yeah, yeah. agreed. Yeah, when you guys want to pray, and we'll call it a day. Lord, thank you uh, for this time. Thank you for this subject, even though it may be difficult. Uh, We thank you that your design is right once again, not wrong, uh, that it is there for blessing, um, extended blessing, um, not just to us but those around us uh, when we do things according to uh, your design. We thank you for adopting us. We thank you for being... um, a good father. Uh, we thank you for sending your son who showed us what it looks like to be a good man. Um, and we would just ask for strength and courage to, uh, uh, to walk, uh, in the things that you've shown us in Jesus name. Amen. 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 We'll see y'all next week. Thanks for tuning in to One Decent Pastor. If you'd like more information about the church, go to our website at thedoor3r.org.